Hey, we're back at it. Welcome back to another episode of Lit Code. I'm Edgar Jones. Gordon Anderson. We're excited at, about this day today for this episode. I'm not even going to call her uh, a guest it's a family member. We got a family member back in the house. Uh, Court, I'll, I'll, I will let you go ahead and introduce her again. Uh, she's yeah. came on once before and now she's back at it. But Court, go ahead and take it over. Yeah, so once again, we have my sister uh, from another mother and father. <laughs> We're not really, really related, but my sister of, uh, I guess, she 20, 25 plus years for sure. I don't really know what number to really put on there, but it's it's a long time. Uh, she's been on before one of our biggest episodes. Uh, I think it's probably the most viewed one. I know it's the most shared one. Uh, but without further ado, Mrs. Aja, that's for Miss Cora. Say <laughs> just like <Lee> Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Osbury. <laughs> so welcome back. So excited to be back. back. Thank you. That's the I'm crowd so excited. You hear? Yeah, we're excited to have you back. So Aja, I just want to go ahead and dive in and ask you a question. Um, and this question that I'm about to give to you probably going to start off with a lot of other things that we're going to talk about, but uh, how was it, you know, with the first time you coming on with us? Um, obviously, Courtney just brought it up. It was one of our most viewed videos. It seems like, I know we got a lot of feedback. Uh, I never got a chance to actually talk to you about, like, what was the feedback like? Uh, so, yeah, tell me about that. Let me hear about that. I'll let the viewers that's, that's checking in hear about that as well. Okay, so... I don't watch myself after I do something. I typically like don't listen to myself. I don't watch when I've been recorded. I don't know. I'm just so nervous. So I knew it was being posted that day, but I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep myself busy. I was just finding busy work to do and my phone was blowing up. And so when I finally sat down to kind of look at Facebook and also to look at my phone, there was so many people just saying, hey, I just viewed your episode with Courtney and Edgar. It was so organic. It was so life-giving. I could relate so much to everything being talked about. Thank you so much for being so honest and transparent. And so, of course, I felt very accomplished. Um, I shared this on Facebook, but doing the podcast with the both of you was the first thing I did after I rededicated my life back to God and was like, you know what? I've been trying to control this show for so long and I, I have not been successful. So I'm just going to do what you call me to do. If it's for me to do, you will present it to me. You will allow me to do it. And if it's not, then it's fine because I know something better is coming. So I felt like that was just a product of me being obedient and just saying, God, take it all. Your will, not mine. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> that's what you. That's what you yeah. wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Hey, Isaac, uh, thank you for sharing it. Thank you. You know what? I've always enjoyed um, the times that we talk to each other. We have our conversations, and even you know the first episode we did with each other. Just how transparent and open that um, that you uh, continue to be. Uh, let me digress and go back for a second uh, because I can relate to you on something you said. So when I was playing ball um, or even a lot of things I do now, I hated going back watching myself. Like I didn't like watching myself right away. Uh, even when I got access to film right away, like I didn't go in and watch myself. Um, so I guess the question I have for you is why is that? 
I think for me, it still just has a lot to do with me not being comfortable seeing myself on playback because sometimes the moments are so amazing. It's almost like I disassociate in them. Like when I go back and I look at something, I'm like, I don't even remember saying that. Like, I don't even remember diving that deep into it. Because one thing about me, whenever I give people any parts of me, like I want to show up 100% and I want it to be the whole me. I don't want to send my ambassador. I don't want to um, practice what I'm going to say. I just want to kind of be in the moment and trust myself and trust the Holy Spirit. So I think it's just so weird watching myself back and being like, okay, I remember being there, but like, I don't remember this part. Yeah. And then I think it's just the normalcy of it's so weird to see yourself on playback. Like it's so weird for me. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. I, I think it's I, for me, I think it's because uh, we're very observant people. I mean, I, you and I have been knowing each other for a long time. So for me, it's always hearing myself outside of my head and seeing myself outside of my head uh, that I always, I don't, I don't have a problem watching myself, but it's kind of, weird it's kind of it's like an out-of-body experience I guess because you really are looking at yourself finally uh same way with music I I do music I can hear I can freestyle around anybody but if you play it back to me uh it's like damn that's me and then it's like I should have said that different I'm I'm my own worst critic so I'm gonna critique it hard watching Mm -hmm. myself uh so I've gotten used to it during the podcast because I have to I have tried to pick a snip out one week it'll be Elgin, one week it'll be me. So I'm listening to the whole thing and watching it again. And I'm looking at it and I'm trying to see how I was moving, what I was looking at, this, that, and the other. So I've gotten used to it, but I think it's just weird at first because it's like you watching you and we don't normally get to do that. We normally watching everybody else from the inside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we're seeing ourselves and facial expressions and all this kind of stuff. I really look like that when I'm emotional, when I'm passionate about something. So that's that's what goes on in my head whenever I'm watching myself. Yeah, same to me. Yeah, same to me. I'm pretty hard on critiquing myself. So um, I watch myself and, and pretty much do the same thing, Courtney. You said that um, I'm always, well, why didn't you say it this way? And why didn't you do it this way? And it, and I have to learn how to just be satisfied with like, dude, that's the best you gave to it and that's it. You know, being okay with that, even because even when it's done, it's been something I've done really, really well. Um, or I've, and I've heard people give me great feedback for it. I would always try to find a way to break it down again and say, nope, mm-hmm. you could do this better. You could do this better. And you know what? I think what it is, is that that comes back from, here we go, Oz. It's coming back from childhood. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you Absolutely. know what I'm saying? It comes back from childhood, the root of that. So, um mm-hmm. That's constantly something I'm trying to work through at um, just learning how to, and I think we all need to do this, um, of being able to just give yourself a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. You know, just say, hey, man, that was a really good job in what you did. I don't think nothing is wrong with that at all. As a matter of fact, I think we need to all learn how to do it sometimes a little bit more. So, yeah. I think um, another thing is, man, it's, it's, she mentioned it earlier, when you're moving on purpose, uh, forget you even said some of the stuff you said. Or uh, I remember my junior year, it's been your last year, we, we were playing Delta. That's the first time we ever saw Murphy jump over in the battle, right? He he came down, he was quiet then. He came down here to spin move and he automatically went in the air, boom, jumped over dude, kicked him in the back, scored the touchdown. 
So we get to the sideline. I said, hey, man, how'd you know to do that? And he was like, I didn't. We, we all got to see him play. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't. He wasn't just going crazy, outworking everybody. Sometimes you're just with somebody that has a God-given talent. And when they do, they're not – I mean, it's, it's not really them. They're, they're going somewhere else. Like on the movie Soul, right, when he's playing the piano. Mm-hmm. He don't he's, – he's out about experience. Yeah, once he's yeah. moving on his purpose, he don't even know he's doing this stuff. So sometimes to watch yourself back and uh, sometimes when I'm saying stuff and you like, God, at, in that moment, I don't know. I just did something profound. If I go back and listen to him, I'm like, well, damn, I, I did say that or put that together. Or you watching yourself play ball back in the day. It's just some stuff we prepared for. We knew we were going to do it that way. But then it's that other stuff that lets you know how our power was working at that time. And you just a vessel. Uh, and those, those, those experiences are pretty great, too, just to see that happening and unfolding. Yeah. yeah, especially when you're a person who like who struggle with being in control, because, you know, I've been very calculated in the past on how I wanted to come across and what words I wanted to use. And so to be in a place where you're finally being comfortable with being organic and just being in the moment, absolutely, you can pick yourself apart. But like those are when the best moments happen when you are just in the moment and you're led by the conversation, you're led by the spirit, you're led by all the emotions you are feeling in that moment and there's no calculation. It's just you being a hundred percent yourself. So. Yeah, man, it's a beautiful thing. Now, now I know because if we don't do this soon, it'll be an hour 30 and we'll be, <laughs> we'll be hopping around from subject to subject. It's easy for us to do that. There is some, there is a topic we want to, we want to get to today. Before we get to that topic, there's a few people I want to shout out. Uh, the Giles twins, Tyrone and Dion Giles. Uh, they're two of our biggest supporters. Anytime we put anything up, they're sharing it. They also have their own uh, clothing line. Sell mass t-shirts. It's called Healthy and Fly. Uh, I think they're based out of Florida right now, but they're, they are from our hometown. Uh, also, Larry Tank Harris. Uh, but Tank, he has a podcast coming up uh, called The Wedding Crashes Podcast. Another homegrown guy, Raven native. Uh, then Roger Timber, better known as Johan Tuz. Uh, he's been on the big screen for years now. Uh, he's had an incredible weight loss journey. He's done some other things, but he also has a quote-unquote podcast. It's, his five, it's under 5 at 5 where he gives uh, – some morning inspiration at five o'clock in the morning, under five minutes. Uh, and the reason he named it that is because he said every role that he's ever had, screen time has always been under five minutes. And I've watched almost any movie that he ever puts up or says it's coming on. I didn't know that. Seems like he may have had some longer roles, especially in that Christmas movie. But he said the Christmas movie is- and the shark movie. I felt like yeah. he had longer yeah. roles. Yeah. yeah, but he said it's. Every, every one of them under five minutes screen time. So that's why he named it that. And he also, uh, he'll be coming on soon next month. Uh, we're just kind of trying to pick a date right now. But I wanted to shout those people out before we dived into what we're going to dive into today. Uh, it's a few weeks ago now, uh, you made a post as about uh, abandonment and how we tend to abandon ourselves from feeling abandoned as, as you. Uh, crazy thing was Elga hadn't been on Facebook, right? <clears throat> hadn't been on social media. So I hit him up 
uh, we talked about some other stuff. And then I said, hey, man, you think, uh, I think it'd be a good time for Isaac to come back on. <clears throat> he was like, yeah. But he sent me something earlier that day or the day before. So basically talking about the same thing. But y'all hadn't talked, but me and you had talked. Uh, and again, so, moving on purpose. Understanding, being aware that uh, certain stuff's moving in a certain direction. Uh, I'd also made a post that kind of deals with abandonment in a way, uh, or deals with you building these other people, these other youths to help you make it through different issues as a youth, and then trying to regain control of that as you get older. Uh, so anyway, everything that we've been thinking on, meditating on was kind of lining up the same way. Uh, we had some stuff to go on in between there. You had a, a personal issue. We lost, I lost a loved one. We all lost a friend. So it's been a while till we could get together, but now we're together uh, to talk about it. And since we have you on, you are the star of the show. <laughs> we'll let you take it away. Uh, talking about abandonment, but that's, that's what we want to tackle today. So y'all strap in and prepare to be blown away. <laughs> yeah, so I had just kind of been thinking about this concept. It didn't have a name for a while though. What I was just thinking about, and it's kind of what we talked about the last time that we all talked was like, when you're at a place in your life where you have to face who you are against who you're supposed to be or who you've shown up to be mm -hmm. and those steps and like, how do you do that well? And how do you get there? And, and so I have been just in this spot since last year mm -hmm. when we all came home, just saying like, I want to be a better person. Like I have this time I'm at home with my kids. I really want to show up well for them, show up well for my husband, show up well for me. Like, how do I do that? How do I face those parts of myself that are not where I need them to be, that are still very much rooted in childhood issues or traumas that I've experienced? And so I just had kind of been thinking around it. And I always tell anybody that I talk to, like, we got to get to the root of the issue. So it's like an onion. We're going to pull it back. And so I was discovering different things. I was like, okay, this is how you show up when you're upset. And this is how you show up when you're happy. And these are behaviors that you lean into when someone makes you mad. And this is kind of what you do when you retreat. And I'm pulling this onion back and I'm like, what is at the core of this onion? Like, I know it's something. And one day in session with somebody, we were talking and everything she was saying was just hitting me. It was like rubbing me so raw. And I was mm -hmm. like, ah, I don't want to say I understand I've been there because I hate saying that when I'm talking to people, it's their story, it's their experience. And I don't want to downplay it by saying, oh yeah, I understand, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I was just like, what is it? And so I asked her one question when she said everything. I said, what if I told you that by trying not to be abandoned, we abandon ourselves? It was one of those things that legit happened in the moment. After I said it, I wrote it down so fast so I would not forget it because it was not something that I had been thinking about. You know, anybody will tell you before you go into session, you're kind of preparing, looking over your last session, trying to hit high points of what you're going to touch on with the person. And I had done that, but I did not know that I was going to make that statement until I sat there with her and was fighting myself not to be doing therapy on myself as well, because I could relate so well, but just being present in that moment with her. And those mm -hmm. words came up. And so I made a Facebook status afterwards because I was like, that is exactly what has happened. And like, that's the root of what I'm dealing with. It's all rooted in being a child and feeling abandoned. Yeah. 
Um, can you uh, make that statement again? Can you just say that again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he please just say that again for me. <laughs> so I asked her, I said, what if I told you that by not trying to be abandoned by others, we abandon ourselves? By not trying to be abandoned by others, we abandon ourselves. Yes. Go ahead, Court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ah, that's powerful, man. See, I mean, it's a true statement. And and we often do it by creating somebody else that we think is wanted, right? Yes. Uh, don't necessarily have to be that you were abandoned by a parent or anybody in particular. You just may feel like you don't fit in, right? Absolutely. I've always yeah. been uh, more of a, the stuff I do now for people, I've always wanted to take care of people. Be nice to people, uplift people, uh, not tear them down, right? But I was a fat boy growing up, right? So a lot of people would crack jokes and whatever first, right? So as y'all know, <laughs> I abandoned that guy that just wants to lift you up and, and be your friend and turned into a guy that could tear you down before you ever tear me down. That's me building, building up something I needed in order to survive or in order for me to fit in and feel like I'm not being the butt of all the jokes or, or y'all see me, but y'all see me as this funny guy instead of just, just a fat guy, right? Uh, Eric, I sent, you, I sent you a message a while back that I didn't, I didn't put out. It was supposed to be a, a breakfast post uh, about the movie Glass. I just don't know if, you, if you're familiar with the movie Glass. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the trilogy of uh, between uh, Split, unbreakable, mm-hmm. and then you have you have glass. Well, uh, one of my favorite characters on this is Kevin Wonder Crone, right? And he's the guy with the uh, I don't want to lie about what his he has dissociative identity disorder, right? Supposedly he has over twenty four different personalities, right? From from a seven year old boy Hedwig, all the way to the Beast. The Beast is is a person that's with the strength of ten men. It's actually so powerful that it changes his size, his muscular build and everything. He can climb walls, he can do all this crazy stuff, right? All of these personalities are something that Kevin built to deal with something that was happening to him as a child, right? Hedwig is probably the closest thing to who he really was because that's the youngest one. That's the child. That's probably where he started making this stuff up in his mind. We'll look at, at Kevin and say, well, He's kind of weird. He's got 24 different personalities. Well, we're just not looking at ourselves that hard because we're more like them than any other, any other character on there, right? We've built all these different versions of ourselves in order to survive all these years. Whenever, whenever one of the characters of Kevin has control, they say he has the light, right? We're the same way. Like uh, at certain times, fun according to had a light. Certain times, mean according to had a light. Certain times, daddy according to has a light. Right? <clears throat> all of these, all of these versions of self that we built, they helped us. Right? They're not just all bad. But as life, as we continue to evolve and our lives evolve, certain ones don't necessarily fit in as much as they used to. Right? The older we get. Uh, one of, one of the things I used to do to combat being a bigger guy was try to get as many girls as I can get right. Well, he he don't fit into my life now. 
I can't have him running amok now or <laughs> or stuff with my my home wouldn't be so peaceful. I can tell you that much because he'd get me in, in some trouble, right? I wouldn't be able to set that example for my daughters, my sons, my godson, nephews, because he would take over, right? So I know to keep the light away from him. All of us have to figure it out, right? Uh, so it's not necessarily this, that they're all bad things. But we just got to try to figure out how to control them. One of the craziest things about once we realized that we were not in control, we, we kind of feel bad, right? We feel ashamed, like, man, I'm not really who I want to be. All this stuff is going on. I can't really control this. I want to be this, but this keeps coming out, and they may see me and think that I'm, well, that's not the eyes I know. That's not the egg I know, right? And we're worried about that. And then we're worried about, like you said earlier, we got control issues. I want to be in control of this. <clears throat> we got to realize this. In order to gain control, stuff had to be out of control. So there's nothing wrong with it. Can't gain control if, if it's not all out of whack, right? So that process of learning, okay, let me, like you said, unpacking that suitcase, let me get this packed down, let me get this packed down. This is who I really want to be in the front and have the light, right? Once we, once we, that process makes us stronger. And then it helps us later because trauma's gonna still happen in life, right? We, we just gotta make sure as we're getting older, that we're not building up more stuff that we're gonna have to try to control. Again, let, let the guy in front, let him deal with it, right? But we learn how to do that from the past. I said in the last episode, we talked about, I wish I could go back knowing what I know now, right? And I'd say there's, there's no what I know now without back then, right? So it's always a process. All this stuff had to happen in order for us to get to this point to realize we need to gain control. So I think it's a, it's challenging, but it's a beautiful thing. And it's I, the main thing I, I said, I'll let to say it's okay. And it's, it's actually more normal than that. All of us. Absolutely. All of I us think it's do. a part of the process. <clears throat> it is. It is. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's gotta be, you can't, you can't have, <laughs> you can't get to the point we're at now where we can sit down and talk about this openly without all of that happening first. Right. Uh, whether whether you didn't feel wanted by your father or you felt like you didn't fit in the crowd, whatever it was, you then built who you thought everybody would love and like, right? But in the process of doing that, you abandoned this person that you really were. Now, now we're trying to figure out how to get that person back up to the front where you can be comfortable because being all these other people is uncomfortable, right? That's a, that's a constraint on you. You're trying to... Yeah. It's weight, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to, you're going out of your way to be this when you really just want to be this. And that's the most comfortable thing you can do is just be yourself, let everybody see you, not worry about what they're thinking. It's a lot of times, not a lot of times, 100% of the time, that person that you worried about looking at you, worry about the same damn thing. <laughs> worry about you looking back at them. Are, are you really going to see them? So once you get to that point, man, it's, it's easier to kind of deal with it. I think, like, to touch on something that you said uh, a while ago, like, the people that we become to protect ourselves, yeah, all of them are not bad. 
what the problem becomes is as we start building these personas, we never get to the root of the issue because instead of sitting in an uncomfortable spot and facing them, most of us say, okay, I'm just going to adjust this way. I'm going to pivot this way. And what it is, is it's building up another defense, which in turn either creates another persona or adds on to the persona that's in the light. Yeah. So that that's the issue. And like, that's what it came down to with me. It wasn't that I thought I was a bad person in whatever way I showed up. I wanted to be a healthier person. I felt mm-hmm. like I could be a more healed person. What it was, was I was like, I got to get to the root of the issue. And I'm never going to be able to do that unless I show up as Aja first, because the issue started with Aja, mm-hmm. the root of who I am. So that's who I have to get to, to even address it. And I think for me, like, it's so beautiful that you said, like, it doesn't have to be a parent issue. It could be an array of things, because I was thinking that before we got on this call, like, I didn't want anybody to hear this podcast and say, well, I grew up in a two-parent household, so this doesn't apply to me. Because there are a lot of things in life that happens that contribute to us abandoning ourselves. Like you said, when you get to school and you want to fit in with a certain crowd, it could be a series of bad relationships. It could be that you grew up with with, uh, both parents not in the home. It could be friendships. It could be a a plethora of things. You know, it could be a a degree that you want to get in school and you feel like you have to be this way. It could be working in corporate America and feeling like you have to show up and, and show your ambassador because they could never want to know who you truly are there are an array of things that help us to abandon ourselves in the process. And I want to say that overtly. I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this podcast can think of at least one time or one season in their lives where they feel like they abandoned themselves to either get ahead, protect themselves or et cetera. Um, But for me, I think it showed up in me just being, like I said earlier, just very calculated in how I showed up. Um, Mm -hmm. All to protect me, of course, but I just had this persona that I felt like people wanted me to be. And I felt like I had to be for the people that I held close to me to still want to be around me. Because once you sit in that abandonment for whatever reason, the issue is never truly what happened in the environment surrounding you. We always come back to ourselves. I was the problem. I was who they chose not to be around. I was who they chose not to see. The issue was me. And, you know, as we get older and, and we're adults, we're, we said this the last time we talked and y'all probably have said it plenty of other times. As we're growing, we see that like our parents were just people who were trying to heal themselves and maybe didn't have all the resources, you know? Yeah. So in my narrative, I painted my father to be this guy who was just like, I just, I don't choose Aja. I don't choose her. I choose these things, but I don't choose her. And that's who he was to me until I got older, understood addiction and and started doing this work for myself. It was never about me. I'm pretty certain if he had the strength to, he would have chose me every single time as well as my other sisters, you know? Mm-hmm. But he just didn't have this, he didn't have the space to do that. And I wasn't able to um, understand it or verbalize it or process it well until I got to a certain age. And so for years, that's what I carried. There's something about me that is unlovable So in order to be loved and not left, I have to be this person, this way, do these things. And I never was showing up with who I was because I was always trying to be somebody else to keep people um, in my life. And in the process of that, I lost me. I abandoned me to not be abandoned by others. Mr. Jones, I saw you jotting some stuff down. You wanna? I don't know, man. I'm like Mike Tyson. Now. I don't know, bro. I I tell you, I tell you something. I, I, I 
and this may be exactly what you're talking about, uh, Courtney, when I said I sent you something, you said I sent you something, and I actually read this in a book. Um, it says, I pay a steep price when I live a divided life, yep. feeling fraudulent, anxious about being found out, and depressed about the fact that I'm denying my own selfhood. The people around me pay a price as well, for now they walk on ground made unstable by my own dividedness. Uh, how can I affirm another's identity when I deny my own? How can I trust another's integrity when I defy my own? A fault line runs down the middle of my life and whenever it cracks open, divorcing my words and actions from the truth I hold within. Things around me get shaky and I start to fall apart. Yeah, man, like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's so many things that y'all are saying right now and I'm trying to really take it all in because when I listen to Aja, you know, tell a story and be transparent and listen to you, Court, you know, I do a bunch of self-reflection on myself and um, for a nice period of my life, I would abandon myself to basically for the needs of others, right? Or like I have to go into this space or I have to go into this place trying to be somebody else. And I found that the more I started to do that, it was like I was putting dirt on myself and covering myself up. So by the time I finally got to the point that I was ready to start to be in tune with myself and address Edgar, that was like 560 feet of dirt on me that I had to dig through. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to dig through all of that and get through it and like, oh, I gotta take a breath for a little bit. I gotta rest. I gotta look at it. I gotta look at all these rocks, these stems, <laughs> all this stuff that's hurts and I gotta keep digging, I gotta keep digging. And I'm still digging, you know what I'm saying? I'm still digging. Um, and I don't think, for me personally, I don't, I don't think um, I would truly ever get to that point. But I feel myself getting closer. I feel myself doing the work. I feel, I see the muscles growing for lack of better words. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like I said, it's, it's when you do that for a long period of time, uh, you can tend to just kind of say, dude, I don't want to do the work. You know what I'm saying? Cause I got to ravel and get through all of this, but I would encourage people that's listening. If you listen right now and you feel like, well, okay, I'm at a place now where I'm trying to get on, being a tool myself and working on myself, but I got to work through so much. But part of the problem is a lot of times is we feel like we have to work through so much right now. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to work through it all right now. And I think that's all played off of how we in a right now society. You know what I'm saying? How I get things right now. I get Amazon Prime right now. I get Uber Eats right now. I can get a movie downloaded fast right now. So, I've, so now what we do is we start to implement that in relationships, right? Like, Maybe you hurt somebody's feelings and you go to them, you'd be like, dude, I'm sorry. You know, I, I apologize. I love you. You expect them to forgive you right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or going back to us working on ourselves, we expect that when we when we start doing the work, the heal, it's supposed to happen right now. And if I could give you a tip, it's just be okay with it not happening right now. But just know like you're putting the action into place, if that makes sense. So, Absolutely. 
Uh-huh. It's like working out, you know? Yeah. I laugh every time I see somebody post something like, I worked out today and I feel like I need to go buy new size pants. You know, it does not happen like that. It's yeah. going to be the discipline of showing up every single day and, you know, doing the hard stuff that hurt in the moment to get you the end result that you want. Yeah. Yeah, the good stuff. The good stuff is always harder to get, right? Yeah. Easy to gain weight, real hard to take it off, right? We can... I can I can gain a hundred pounds in two months. It'll take me two years to get it off. And that's two years of being very, very, very disciplined and, and going to the extreme to get it off. Easy to put it on. All I gotta do is, is order that DoorDash or Uber East Egg was just talking about sit on the couch, give me an instant moving. I sit there and do that two, three months, right? <laughs> I got it. Now I want to get it off. Well, I gotta, I gotta run miles, I gotta hit the gym, I need to get on few different supplements, right? I got to change my diet up completely. But long-term, we talked about that before too, that instant gratification or what we think is instant gratification by sitting down, watching that movie, eating that ice cream, enjoying that right then. Long-term, it ain't helping me. Long-term, all the discipline stuff I'm doing, it will help me. Uh, I looked up, of course, I looked up the definition of abandonment because y'all know I, I am a nerd or of abandoned to abandon. Uh, literally means to cease support, to cease to support or look after something or desert, uh, to give up to the control or influence of another person or agent. I think that's the, that's the best definition of it because what we're talking about is the best definition for, for our episode because what we're talking about is us abandoning ourselves and giving control to the other self that we're building. And the reason it's so hard to dig out of to dig out of that and find your way back to it is because uh I just use some of the stuff we use, right? We prune back our actual self. When we do that, we give room for these other selves that we built to grow, right? So they're growing. We always say we're full capacity. If we're not, if we're not giving support to this other self, that means we got room to give support to these other ones. So they're getting stronger. Regular self's getting weaker. So when it's time for regular self to come back up, what what are all the other selves doing? They're telling you, hey man, look how far we got you, right? Being aggressive, Elga, one got you to the lead. Timid, Elga didn't get you here. You know what I'm saying? Look how. Don't nobody mess with you now because because I came along. I started punching people in the face, right? Cousin people, I don't take nothing from nobody. I'm the one got you here. And now you want to get rid of me, right? Another another children's movie, quote unquote, Cruella. You told me to watch Cruella, right? I don't know if you watched it yet, Isaac, but I haven't watched it yet, but I heard great things about it and I need to watch it. Yeah, it's it's exactly what we're talking about now, right? Uh this girl from, from the time she was a child, she she was fighting between herself and Cruella the whole time. Uh, it's a part on there that, that Edgar told me about, and then I watched and I saw that part where uh, Jasper tells her he don't he doesn't like who she's becoming. It's basically saying he don't like Cruella when she's Cruella. And she's told, she turns around and tells him, well, Cruella's the one that gets the job done. A lot of times, those cells that we built, they they actually do that. They actually get us through what we need to get through. Mm-hmm. Like, but like I said, it comes a time where they don't fit as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to abandon anybody who's done something for you. Right. Even, even in relationships, we talked about relationships earlier. 
a husband and wife. They may have been together 15 years, may have seen each other through the death of their parents. Some of the worst times help each other build business, but now it's it's at a point where it's only bad between them. They're toxic to each other and they need to cut ties. Most of the time, they're going to waste another five years getting to that point where they finally just cut ties with each other because it's so much there that you did for me. I, I don't want to let you go. Right. But at the same time, the life I know, life as I know it now is being destroyed by this relationship. We, we ran our course, don't fit no more, but we don't want to let go. Cause man, it was so many, you, you helped me through so much. You were there for me. I couldn't have got to this point without you. So it's hard to abandon, right? Yeah. We talked about that before. It's hard to cut somebody off that you used to. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we have to, we have to learn to trim them back. Not necessarily kill them off, right? We talked about uh, how a caterpillar goes into his cocoon and becomes a butterfly. Right now, he's flying and he's doing all this different stuff. He can still do caterpillar things, but he got wings now, so it don't necessarily fit. But if he did get on the ground or he did get on a leaf and had to crawl around, he could still do the things yeah. he used to do. It just don't fit as much. You talked about working out before our last episode. And you say, well, I'm just, I got to get myself in that mode. And I said, well, turn on some custom music, right? Your, your gospel music may not fit in this workout <laughs> stuff because another eyes have got to show up and say, hey, all right, hey, we're going to get yeah. this done today. So it's room for them. They fit somewhere. Yeah. But they don't necessarily need control of the light because. Oh, is, is, it, is it that they fit somewhere or is it that we just become full enough to tap into different areas of ourselves while still being authentic. I think that's, I, I told somebody the other day. Because that's <clears> my <throat> ultimate goal. Like my ultimate goal is not for them to have to show up. It's for me to remember that as a human, I have capacity to pivot myself and I don't need these protections to do it for me. <laughs> I wish I wish you could see my notebook because that's <laughs> <laughs> the goal. I, I think the goal of us building, building all of that up is for us to ultimately realize we had it in our toolbox the whole time the whole time absolutely get to what absolutely. you what you just said that's that's really ultimate goal. i told i told peter the other day he, he asked me how did it feel to be able to to tap into some of the stuff i'm tapping into now and i told him i feel like i'm on the movie avatar and i just i'm figuring out how to use this avatar mm-hmm. inside out right uh Mentally, I spent so much time up here, so much time in my head <clears throat> trying to strengthen my awareness. So at this point, I'm just aware that, okay, I got that to tap into, yeah. right? But it's just like anything else. We, uh, children's books, right? They have talking animals, rabbits. They speak our language though, right? <clears throat> it's easier for us to relate to it if we can relate it to us. So in my mind, me saying I built this whole other person, right? I didn't really build another person that was just coming on out to the forefront because Elga asked last episode, uh, why is it that we like to see like fights? Right? Where I can put up this, I can post our podcast or I can post me, you and Elga fighting. It'll go viral way mm-hmm. before this podcast would. And he asked, why is that? Well, we're born with that side of us anyway. If you take a child's favorite talk from them. I'm talking about a toddler, a baby who don't know what mad means yet. They don't know what anger means. They don't know what none of that means, but you take it from them and they reach out and scratch it or hit you or burst out crying. 
And we'll say they mad, right? They born with it. <laughs> they born with that aggression in them. Nobody's taught them that shit. You born with it. So we all have these tools. I think we build all this stuff up just to learn how to. Now, yeah. so the, the only the dangerous thing is if if one of those tools is aggression, sometimes that can get you in some trouble early on, right? You can really hurt somebody. You can really hurt yourself. Uh, and as 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 black people, we come up in certain situations. We come up most of part most of the time impoverished. We come up in a lot of turmoil. So when we start learning how to use aggression to fight stuff, a bunch of the time, they, especially young black males, that'll get you in trouble real fast. It'll get you a label. He's dang, first of all, <laughs> I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole, but first of all, society's already labeling us a certain type of way, right? Uh, most of the time, we're more athletically inclined at young ages. So when we do tap into that, it can get pretty brutal, pretty ugly. And now that that uh, visual that they putting out on us being savages, we're adding to it, right? When he's a savage, he's a trouble child, boys home or first detention, boys home, you got a record now. And before you know it, you thinking, okay, they say this is what I am. I'm good at doing this, this is what I'm gonna be. And then you have to try to figure out how to turn that back down. So, uh, it's rough for us. We don't have as much leeway as most people have in order to figure this stuff out. But I think, like I said earlier, it's just trying to figure out your avatar, knowing that I had this in my toolbox the whole time. The whole time is the end. Is the end goal? Yeah, I think it's the. I think it's the finding the perfect shade of gray. Because think about it. Anytime we want to change anything about ourselves, whether we want to change it to make it better or change it because we need to just get better in something we tend to go to the opposite extreme. And then we realize, well, that's not livable either. So you have to kind of just find that balance, that perfect shade of gray, because a lot in healing might not quite be black or white. It mm -hmm. might be the answer lies in the in-between and we have to get comfortable there. And for somebody with a personality like mine, who's like, no, it's black or white, it's yes or no, there is no mm -hmm. in-between. Like for my anxiety, I have to know an answer. Living in those shades of gray, it's very, very hard to feel comfortable there. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. But Courtney, to read off the first part of the abandoned definition, because that's the part that resonated the most with me. Okay, cease to cease to support or look after someone, or to desert. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think today where I am, that's the part that resonates with me. I think the second part that you read off was who I was as a child before I mm -hmm. understood that I had a dog in this fight. But who I am today, that's absolutely what I feel like I was battling with because I was ceasing to support myself. Mm -hmm. And that is how we end up abandoning ourselves. We put everybody's needs before ours in order to try to make sure that this relationship is going to stick, that it's going to be concrete, that this interaction, because for me, for a long time, I was very much so fed off of the people around me. What was my role in these people's lives? Well, Aja is the one you can call any part of time at night, you know, she's going to listen. That's who I was. And that's where my confidence came from in a certain sense. But I was listening to everybody else but herself. She was going the extra mile for everybody else but herself. She could find the extra energy to do for everybody else but herself. And so in my mind, I said, if I, if I become as much as I can for every person in my life, they'll never leave me. 
the whole mm-hmm. time I had left myself because I was becoming everything for everybody else and I was nothing for me. And so it's so it's so funny how there are so many different layers and different sides to when we abandon ourselves because we abandon ourselves by showing up different ways that are not true to who we are. And, and we can also abandon ourselves by showing up all the time for other people and not showing up for us at all. And I think for me, as I think around self-care and healing and how to be full and how to pour from my overflow, what I realized was in my adult life, I have abandoned myself because I have not given myself the care I've given other people. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the most gratuitous things you can do for everybody else is to figure out how to be selfish. And uh, you know, for me, both of y'all know for me, that's a hard thing. So I always want to be able to give to people. But if I ain't giving to them out of excess, from like you just said, from my overflow, then that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm abandoning myself and putting myself in a bind because I'm giving them pieces that I ain't got to give. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So the, so the more selfish I got from a mental standpoint, especially, and then it'll trickle down. You get selfish mentally, make sure I'm, I'm straight first before I start making sure everybody else straight. Then it start trickling down into finances and everything else because most of the time we get mad at somebody that can't pay us back. Why is that? It's because we, we gave to them out of something that we didn't have, right? We needed it. I gave it to them. You said you're going to get back to me on Friday. It's Monday. I gave you a couple of days. Now we're about to have a whole fight, right? A whole relationship going to get ruined because I tried to give you out of something I ain't have. Now, if I, if I got an extra... 20 laying over here and you need 10, I give you 10. Well, I still got extra 10. I'm not as, it don't right. hurt me I'm not bad. looking for that every day. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not stressing over that because exactly. it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, you gave <laughs> out of your surplus. Yeah, we understand when we give to somebody because we've been in the same position. If you need it this week, you probably ain't going to have it to give it back to me next week, right? Even if you do, you're taking it out of something you owe somebody else. So part of us want to give it to them, say, man, you, when, whenever you're able get back with me we can do that when we give out a surplus you can't when you're giving out of what you what you really need for self so yeah. uh that's one of the that's another bit of advice i can give you on helping to not abandon yourself make sure you straight first before you start giving others a lot of us want to reach out and help everybody uh my boy scarface i, I often wish that i could save everyone but i'm a dreamer that's that's one of my biggest and one of my biggest things my whole life i want to save everybody else and I had to get to the point to realize, well, Courtney, you ain't got it all together. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why when I put out stuff now, Egg and I put out stuff now, I always say, I'm telling you from experience, or yeah. I'm only an expert on this is what I did, right? So I don't want people to think, well, well he think he got it all figured out. No, that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just telling you. <laughs> when when I, I worked on not abandoning myself, that was one of the first things that I saw was like, hey, if you're going to show up real, you have to show up real in every instance. And it has to be where, where you don't put off this air like you have it all together because mm-hmm. you don't. Nobody wants to do something. And from my experience, if they think you've all got it figured out, like people would prefer to see you real, real time. I'm not going to say struggling, but they would prefer to see you human how they are. So mm-hmm. they, you know, so they feel like, hey, I have a shot there. At least that's how it was for me. I never aspired to be like somebody who I felt like was perfect because I was like, I'm never going to get there. And I, I psyched myself out of it before I even got a chance to grow. Yeah. You know, 
and so I would say from experience to another bit of advice for um, being authentic for yourself and not abandoning yourself would be to make sure that you're not putting yourself at a disadvantage in relationships. A lot of times when you abandon yourself and you show up for everybody else, what you're giving off is something that cannot be reciprocated because the average person who cares about themselves even just a little bit will say no if they don't have the capacity to do it. Well, people who have abandoned themselves so they won't be abandoned by others will continue to say yes. We'll create this um, experience around us where nobody lives up to our expectations because we're expecting people to deny themselves like we deny ourselves. So no relationship is reciprocal in our mind. People can never do enough for us because we're always going above and beyond. Well, that's just self-sabotage. Of course, people are not going to deny themselves as much as you do. You're not healthy. (laughs) You don't have love for yourself at all. A person who loves themselves this much knows when to say no. (laughs) So my next bit of advice would be, when you are working to not be abandoned, but you have abandoned yourself, there is no such thing as a reciprocal relationship. No matter what a person does for you, it's never going to be enough because you will always go just a step above to deny yourself so you won't be left. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, <laughs> once, I, once I did start giving out of that excess pool again, uh, one thing I did start to realize uh and I'm not here to I'm not here to pick nobody's religion for them. We call it God. Some people call it the universe, whatever you call it. Uh, when you start giving out of that, you realize that whoever you're giving to, your giving don't really have much to do with them at all. You're really giving out of that place of excess. It's all about you. You doing it because you know you're gonna get a return on your investment, for lack of better terms. You you you're putting stuff out there because what goes out comes back and say it returns to us tenfold when we're doing good deeds. But again, you can only do those good deeds out of your place of excess because if not, you're gonna keep you're gonna keep them in it, right? Instead of it just being about you, right? Like I said, being selfish. I'm giving to you because I know God's gonna give me something back. Uh, so therefore, you don't have much to do with it. So if you can't reciprocate, I don't feel no kind of way because I never expected you to in the first place. That wasn't what it was about, right? So uh, I think that's another thing. If you get your, you put it in your mind that I'm giving for me, right? You, if you're not doing stuff, looking for nothing in return from that person, looking for in return from God, that'll help you out as well. Uh, because it'll just keep tension down, right? Like I said before, I gave you this. Today, I need it back. And you can't give it back to me now, I'm frustrated. Right. Uh, but if you're giving, if you're giving to God and you know the universe, I like to call it, it's coming back and it's coming, it's coming back bigger than you could ever, ever imagine. So that person really didn't, that wasn't the goal. The goal was to help someone, but it wasn't really about them. It's really more about you. And that goes back to being selfish and actually taking care of self first, giving out of excess pool. Mr. Jones, you, you okay up there? Hey. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm, okay. I'm just letting y'all talk. <laughs> I let my, my sister over here talk and just listen to processing. And okay. you know what? There's a point in life where you need to listen. And there's a point in life you just need to sit back. There's a point in life you need to speak. And there's a point you just need to sit back and listen. And right now I choose to listen. Yeah, it's I you controlling the light listen. though, bud. 
<laughs> I choose to listen and take it all in. I will say this, digressing, going back for a second, I made a comment that, um, you know, I don't think I ever will get there. I think it is possible to get there. I do. Um, and obviously, Isa shared her faith, me and my faith as well. Me and Courtney had talked about, you know, uh, his belief and what he believes in, and we've always been able to respect each other. Uh, but since I've, I've, I've gotten back down the hole of really um, trying to connect with my higher power and, and getting my connection with that and working on that relationship um, and then doing my own work, right? It's impossible to have faith without the works. And if I got the mm -hmm. works, but I ain't got the faith, it doesn't matter. So being able to do the combination of both, it is possible. And um, uh, I don't know about, I, I don't want anybody to give up by thinking like, I cannot get there. And I made that comment earlier, but I don't know if mm -hmm. I get there. I, I can get there and I apologize for that. So now I'm choosing to exercise to continue to listen. Uh, and Courtney, y'all go ahead. <laughs> so listen, okay, something else that was on the forefront of my mind um, in showing up for yourself and not abandoning yourself is setting good boundaries. That, you know, we talk about that and it seems like it's easy, but it is not. It is not. It's so hard to say no when you've always said yes without feeling like the bad guy. It's so hard to um, put certain boundaries on relationships, conversation topics, or whatever the case may be, because that has been your norm for so long. So setting boundaries, it doesn't always feel good. It, it doesn't, you know? And um, I was just sitting thinking the other night, and I was like, you know what? There is no such thing as being petty when you are setting a boundary for your mental health. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times, you know, you'll look on social media and they're like, oh, if you do this, that's petty. If you do this, that's petty. But you don't know what that person is battling. You don't know why their boundaries was set the way it was. If it's for your mental health, I'm, I don't want to ever call you petty for, you know, putting a boundary up with me for your mental health. I don't know what I trigger in you. You know, I, I don't know what it is. And it's not for me to know. I just have to respect that when people draw lines, a line is drawn. And that's okay because we're all just trying to get healthy in the grand scheme of things. So sometimes, you know, you might have to change your surroundings. You might have to change your job. You might have to change what you're listening to, what you're watching on TV, what time of night you go out, who you're talking to on the phone. But setting those boundaries are so important because when you are a person who has consistently abandoned yourself, you have no boundaries. There is nothing that you would not do to continue to show up for others so you won't feel like you're being left. Yeah. There is no such thing as being petty when you are setting a boundary for your mental health. And oh, don't sorry. let anybody convince you of such. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, Edgar, we, we talked about that on pruning, right? Yeah. We uh we said it's it's easy. I don't to... know, Coy. I don't know what we talked about anymore. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> hey, we uh, damn, Ozzy. girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound yeah, like both. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's, hey, dude. I struggle with that so much, man. Yeah. Golly, dude. Golly. I don't know. Ah, uh, man. This, uh, this. Well, this ain't the end of this episode, but. You gonna have to come on again, man. Cause that go ahead, Court. I'm sorry, man. I was gonna just go listen. I'm, just, I'm gonna listen, man. I'm gonna listen. Bro. Every time y'all call me, the answer is going to be yes. But those yeah. boundaries do. Every time. Yeah. It's it's Edgar. You actually you actually already started doing it. 
a while back by uh deleting social media off your phone uh for times or you know if you with the fam if you don't answer your phone sometimes I know you with the family right it's something I start practicing as, as well a little bit unless it's certain people calling uh but I always you always want to answer for everybody you always want to you got to set boundaries at work at home so the biggest boundaries you got to set with yourself especially if you're an ambitious person because you'll start to not celebrate or not have fun or just relax because I got to get this done. I got to get this done. Let me get this done. Nope, we can't go on the trip. We can't go up to the movies because we need to save this much and I'm going to miss my goal and this, that, and the other. And you got to set a boundary on that, right? Or prune it back, right? <laughs> and it's easier. What we did talk about in the last episode, Edgar, was it's easier to start pruning people and other stuff when you realize that at one point in time or for somebody else, your ass needed to be pruned. Right. I, I had certain people had to prune me out before, even if I was trying to tell them the right thing. They wasn't there yet. So they didn't have it. What I was saying to them was bothering them. They're like, no, I got to I got to cut cord in the back a little bit so I can go ahead and get to sell. And if it's meant to happen, it'll grow back. Right. Yeah. They'll come back around. There was a time me and Scott didn't talk for months at a time. We, we hit each other up once you know, just to check. See if we're okay. Now it's back to a daily thing. But at the time, he was probably in a place to where all the stuff I was trying to preach to him, enough hadn't happened yet for him to understand it. And it's nothing wrong with that, right? No. <clears throat> he just wasn't in that time. To, and so whatever I was giving him, he was automatically combating it. And it's like, okay, I need to cut him off, right? <laughs> so I can go over here and figure this out on my own. Now, once he has his aha moments, now we kind of revert, kind of getting back on track again. That happens a lot, but we got to set boundaries. Because like she said, if we used to doing for everybody else and we used to impressing, that's that's one of the biggest words right there, impressing everybody else. We want to make this certain impression and I want everybody to be impressed with me and I don't want to make nobody unhappy, right? And what you'll do is start to run around in circles because this person likes what this person don't like. And so when I'm over here, I got to cater to this. But when I'm back over here, I got to cater to that. And then we just like a race car, right? We got all this power. And we don't do nothing but go in circles, making lifts, because we're trying to appease the crowd, right? Mm -hmm. Right. We keep going in circles. And all this power, just imagine if we just open the gate and let them go out on the straightaway, right? <laughs> With all that power. That's basically what we end up getting to when we start being selfish. We finally break off that track. So you're trying to please the crowd, you got to keep going in the circles, right? Mm -hmm. So this side of the crowd want to holler too. Let me see you pass on this side so we can holler too over here. And you're trying to please everybody, right? And that's that's one of the biggest problems. So you, you got to set those boundaries. Start pleasing self more. And like I said, internally, sometimes that means you got to set boundaries on self too. Because you can't actually be pleased or happy. As you said earlier, finding that balance. Right. I'm ambitious. But what is this ambition worth if I don't take the time to spend time with my family Absolutely. and, and uh, create memories and enjoy some of this time? You don't want to be, well, I made this much money and the kids sick, but we never got to see mama because mama always working. Mm -hmm. Right. You come from a career path that, that that happens all the time. I told you before, most of the Hall of Fame speeches, the first thing they do is apologize to the kids. Because daddy was doing all this 
And I was so great to the world and I had to keep all these people, please keep getting this check. My Hall of Famer now, but I missed 15 years of your life, 10 of yours, whatever. I, I didn't, I couldn't come to all your games. I couldn't come to this and that, right? So it's a trade-off. Some of them find a way to balance it, some don't, right? So I'm the family with them. Some let the family stay back home. You just got to try to find that balance. Yin and yang. I always like to look at that yin and yang picture and the line in the middle that divides the black and the white. It's right where you want to be, right? But we got to try to figure out how to get there because some of us, this little circle over here that's thick, thick in the white. Some of us want to stick thick in the black. We got to get mm -hmm. through all that dirt you talked about, Erica, to get to the middle yeah. and look on both sides and then say, Hey, you know what? If I need to tap in the white side, guess what? I can do that. If I need to tap in the black side, I can do that. But I'm just gonna hold the middle, right? That's what we all hey. trying to get to. Hey, and 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 honestly, I say this, and I'm gonna be quiet again. But in this, <laughs> <laughs> I maybe should say this, but I'm gonna say it, man. You know, no different from the seasons that you have in life, right? You have your fall, you have your winter. You have um, spring, you have summer, and then back fall again, you know, and on and on. It's always ongoing with those four seasons. I truly feel like there's four seasons in life as well. Um, I like to call it that one season. It's kind of like a dreaming stage um, when you're really dreaming, like you're in the dreaming phase of your life, right? You're thinking about the things you want to obtain, the things you want to do, um, and the goals that you got set up or you're looking at it on your board. And then you go through a phase of probably getting it done. That's the second phase I call it, getting it done. But now you're starting to attack those things and do it. And then probably after that, because especially, and I say this, I think about training camp. We dream at the beginning of camp. We got all these goals. Then we go through the second phase of getting it done. Then we go through a phase of uh, called slacking. We start getting tired. You know, everything that you said you wanted to do, it ain't working out so well. So you're probably starting to, to reevaluate and contemplate if I should be doing this at all. And then the important stage, a very important stage that I, we all go through is the dark stage. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the dark stage is needed. The dark stage is something that's definitely um, needed depending on the time. So, um, and that's a whole different conversation. I just dove into, but I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. I'm came. done talking, y'all. I, I will say done. this. The dark stage is what got me to really seeing myself and knowing that something had to change. And, yeah. and you call it me the dark too, stage. Ozzie. I call it the wilderness. You know, we're yeah. all going to have that wilderness season. And when we're in it, we think it's to hurt us, but it's not. It's something in that season that's to grow us. And then you're right. We'll go through different seasons and then we'll end up in the wilderness again. If you see it one time, you will see it again. Preferably, it would be for something else to grow and for something mm -hmm. else to be pruned or purged out and you're right life is this process that we're constantly going through you know yeah. and then oh, too, I totally agree with it and here's the thing about it too is that depending on what stage you in your significant and your your significant other or your friend may not be they may be in a whole different season so and if you care about their relationship right which brings you back around to uh especially if you don't have those boundaries or you want to support them. Let's just say you want to support them, beat them for You're in your stage, but you're also trying to support them in whatever season they in. And that season is totally different. It may be a whole different other stuff going on. So, And I try to be aware of that when I'm dealing and talking to people and really 
meeting people where they at in their life um, and understanding that they may be in a whole different season in their lives. Um, and I think there is an importance of meeting people where they at. And if you really want to start to build trust with people and get people to a place where they may start to open up and talk to you a little bit more, just meet them at the place where they at. Don't, you know, just listen to them. But me thinking and understanding that this person may be in a whole different season of their life right now. And maybe, I, and I think that's the importance of sharing your stories. I think that's the importance of being vulnerable, being open. Because if I am sharing my story about, well, you know, I went through this, I experienced this, and you're not trying to relate it to what their experience was. You're just speaking freely and just talking about what, what happened with you. Even if they don't say nothing to you at that moment in time, sometimes what ends up happening is right after they leave you, right after they get into their car, they may sit there and think about your conversation that you had with them late on that night. They say, you know what? Like, it feels good to let me know somebody else was feeling that way or dealing with something, maybe not exactly like me, but it was somewhere close to it. You know, so that's why I think these mental health um, talks are so important because everything we do in life has a mental health aspect to it. But sometimes when you're in that wilderness, when you're in that dark place, you feel so alone. And so to be able to speak openly about anything that we've gone through and how it shapes us, I feel like is inviting to everybody who's been there before. And like, Edgar, to piggyback off of what you said and to tie it into something that Courtney said a while ago, as you're shifting through these seasons and your relationships are shifting, one thing that I've noticed, you know, for me is, and I actually said this, when I'm not healthy, my sharp edges cut the people I love the most. Mm. Because those are the people that I'm around. And so for me, it's a very isolating season personally because I know that this is the season that's either gonna propel me forward or keep me stuck in a cycle that I've been in for a really long time. And I'm the culprit of that cycle. So this is a season where I'm like, I have to dull these sharp edges if I don't wanna keep cutting people that I love. And it's tough, it's tough. Yeah, it is, you can't, I mean, again, you got to give out of ex excess. You got to be healed in order to help heal somebody else. Uh, Absolutely. I talk about I talk about the people who go who go through relationship problems now, uh, and it's getting to the point to where it may be getting physical or spilling over to the kids. And uh, I tell them that sometimes it's probably best to separate at that moment, even if it's not divorce, but you want to separate because obviously. You're not who you need to be for the kids anyway, uh, because you, I mean, you're not whole right now. You, you're in a bad place, right? Uh, as you called it, you called it uh, wilderness. Mm -hmm. You call it darkness. I like to call it the cocoon phase. All of these phases we're talking about are very, very selfish phases, though. Selfish seasons, Absolutely. moments of solitude, not isolation. Uh, mm -hmm. Biblically, biblically. Uh, most of most of the great stories are while some of the people on quest and they're by themselves, by themselves and they have these epiphanies, right? Uh, one of our favorite movies, 300. Leonidas gets sent off when he's a small boy. He has to go kill the wolf. He's by himself, right? He's, <laughs> there ain't nobody else around him. He got to figure it out on his own. Uh, a story I shared with Edgar, I hadn't shared with you yet. I was just, but Scat, Scat is up here working uh, where I work now, uh, when he first came up, I gave him an option. I said, you can't stay with me if you have to, 
right? Because I got plenty of room up here. But from personal experience, it's best if you go stay by yourself, right, with nobody. That's when you're going to go through that me versus me stage. You're missing your people back home. You got to fight that other you to say, man, what I'm doing up here? I need to get back to my family. Miss my baby. I'm more comfortable there, right? You got to keep fighting that feeling. Then if you fail, it's on you because nobody else is, is here to, to do it. But anyway, you kind of start fighting that weaker you, right? And then somewhere along the line, you had that epiphany and you're like, hey, you know what? It's been, it's been four months. So I can do this all by myself, right? You go from staying in a hotel by yourself to he had to find his own apartment. He had to set up his own power, water, and all this kind of stuff. Stuff he hadn't done before, he's got to do it now. Right, all because he spent that time in solitude first fighting that feeling, fighting that urge, fighting that weakness to go back, run back to comfort, right? Uh, so that cocoon stage, nobody else sees it. That's that's why it's so, it's so selfish. Usually that caterpillar crawls up to some area in the corner of a house, the corner of a tree, right? He does his work, getting it done, right? Puts that cocoon around himself and then he goes inside. And the process that he goes through is his body actually absorbing itself, forming into a whole nother being. That's why the dark stage is the most important stage to me. Cause like you said, in order for something else to grow, it's another, another stage of evolution, right? We're going to it, you versus you. We absorbing what we need to absorb. And then we come out this beautiful creature. The craziest thing about it is that's what everybody sees, the butterfly. The colorful stuff flying around. Look at him. He look, look so good, right? That's when, when we have to tell our stories. We have to go back to Caterpillar phase to tell our stories to people because they they like, man, he don't know. What, he what, what do you know about being on the ground? He a butterfly. I ain't always been one, right? I started out the same way, crawling on my belly, right? I had to do some work, get up here to this tree, right? Build a cocoon around myself, spend time with myself, absorb the bad stuff, Absorb what I need to absorb and then come out a whole new creature. Yeah. I want to, we need to share the steps of the process, right? Not just the trophy. Elga talked about it. We, we start out dreaming, mini camp, going through camp, season. Can we make it to the Super Bowl? Yeah, we make it. We holding the trophy up. Everybody see holding up the trophy. Unless hard knocks was coming around, nobody saw people throwing up on each other, fist fighting in mini camp, right? That's the beautiful part of it though. The dark part is the most important part to me because that's when you one-on-one -on -one with self. Damn everything else. <laughs> like it's just me. It's me versus me, right? Yeah. And I'm gonna come out of here way better than I came in, right? But I gotta go through this process. So again, one extreme can't exist without the other, man. And uh, so now when I see adversity, <clears throat> like I told you a, a little while ago, I was, People was calling me like it, it was like people were trying to intentionally get into it with me. And I told Elga, hey man, something good about to happen. Because anytime I see pushback adversity, one can't one can't exist without the other. Life can't exist without death. Happiness can't exist without sadness. It's, it's gotta be. So if this showing up, right? Paradox. <laughs> yeah. If adversity showing up, if some pushback showing up, it means some great stuff over here somewhere. I just got to find my way to it and concentrate on it rather than yeah. concentrating on this. So, and I think you said it beautifully, Courtney, when you said like, 
we're sharing steps. And I think what's so amazing about what y'all are doing and what y'all allow me to do every time y'all allow me on is we're sharing steps real time. Like none of us on this call feel like, oh, we have arrived, if that even is a thing, you know? So what we're doing is we're like, yeah, so we done made it from one stage to this next. And so we're sharing steps and like we're able to do it in a way that is very natural. And natural and and authentic and real and transparent is what's always going to win the race. Mm -hmm. And it also just makes me think like to anybody listening right now, if you are in a a dark spot, like listening to just our personal experience, you could be exactly where you need to be to get to that other area. You cannot run from the wilderness, from the cocoon phase, from the darkness. You cannot run. What you can do is prolong your time there. If you Mm -hmm. sit idle, and not recognize that this is a season for me that could possibly propel me forward. Many, many great things could happen if I build the momentum, if I understand where I am in this season. Yeah. So. Yeah, keep going. I think that's, yeah. that's what she's saying. Keep going. I'll share one more thing. Uh, after I, I, I went home for, for my niece's wedding, so on the way back, right around Nashville, uh, we ran to a storm, and I made a breakfast post about this. Ran to this bad, bad storm, right? I'm talking about like it went from sunlight to darkness, and you can't hardly see, right? But we heading back home. We heading back to Ohio, so we got a destination in mind. We're on the interstate. <clears throat> a lot of cars start turning on blinkers. I just slowed down to about eight miles per hour, right? Kind of eased along. Saw people pull over and actually stop and turn on their blinkers. Uh, you saw people keep going like I was going slow. You saw some people kind of keeping a steady speed. But one thing I didn't see at all is reverse lights. Nobody turned around, right? <laughs> we, you're in that phase, you're in that storm phase, but it's still a destination in mind. And if you did try to turn around, you're running into, into traffic. A lot of us crash out because we're trying to turn around in the middle of that storm or in the middle of that dark phase, and you can't because life's still happening, right? Life's traffic's steady coming. So that's, that's why we're saying just keep going because eventually, guess what? The storm passed over. We got back up to regular speed. And we kept going, even if we had to stop, right? Yep. One, of, one of my old plant managers used to say we want to keep driving production uphill. And even if it stopped, we want to chop the wheels, right? If you, if you see an 18-wheel or any kind of truck park up here, they either put, they'll put on a park brake, but they'll get out in this thing called the wheel chop and they stick it behind the wheel. Cause we don't want to roll back down here. We want to keep our progress. So anybody who's in any of these phases that we're talking about, if something hits you in the mouth, right. And you got to stop, chop your wheels, stop, pull over, right. Turn your blinkers on, slow down. Don't go backwards though. We don't want to lose ground. Keep on moving forward because like Edgar said, you're getting closer and closer to figuring it out. Right. You get closer, close to another phase. And one thing about life is it's going to always give us work to do. So it's going to be another phase after that, right? <laughs> you don't want to go back. You're going back. It don't stop these other phases from happening that you're going to have to eventually get through, right? So don't fool yourself and think, oh, let me run back. Ain't nothing back there but more traffic coming your way. So might as well keep on trudging forward, keep going. And uh, you'll get through all this stuff, everything that we're talking about right now. I believe that life is in perfect order, perfect time, and everything is as it should be. It's always necessary. Even the nastiest stuff you can think about that happened to you in your life, even that real, real, real traumatic stuff, 
was absolutely necessary. There's no, the you that you are today don't exist without that. Cause somehow you survived it and you figured out how to keep going from it. Right. And you got to this point. So this you is, is a, a reflection of that was a, a manifestation of that. It's, it's a projection of it. Okay. I, I made it past this. Like I said, life's going to give you other phases. So when you see it again or something like it, reach back in your toolbox. How I got past that. Oh, that's how I did it. Right. <laughs> I can do it again. So, uh, just keep going. Know that everything's in order. There's nothing wrong with you. It's normal, <laughs> right? We're You're all not crazy. Trying to, we're all trying to get it figured out. We're all trying to get to a healthy spot for ourselves. We've all abandoned ourselves before. If you reckon, if anything in this conversation has resonated with you today, and you finally have a name for it, or you finally got into the root of it because you've been peeling that onion back, doing the work, like consider yourself in an even better position. Because although it might hard, although it might be hard to accept what it is, now you have a name for it, and when you can call it something, you can work to you can work past like growing out of it. So consider it all well. Yeah, it is. I don't want to break, break either, but. These two people that are on the podcast today, right? It's on, it's on purpose. I purposely wanted to put them together. I purposely wanted to do a podcast with Edgar from Jump, but I purposely wanted to bring eyes on as well because I know my awareness is turned up. Even myself, like I said, I'm not bragging at all, but I know there are people out there that look up to each and every person on this screen right here. And people that think, hey, man, I can... That's, that's my goal right there. I, I need to, I want to be like Eric Jones. I want to be like Big C. I want to be like Isaac. They seem like they got all together, beautiful families, this, that, and the other. <clears throat> and I wanted y'all to know <laughs> that these, whatever you perceive us as, we just human too. We figuring it out too. We had to go through stuff to figure stuff out and we still trying to figure out stuff right now. Especially Eric Jones because he, he excelled in a sport that's considered to be the strongest of all, right? Gladiators. These are your tough guys. These are your unbreakable guys. One of the movies I mentioned earlier. These are the guys that, that are impenetrable. You can't, that's, that's top of the food chain right there. And Edgar can bear down and break down to you that he has problems with abandoning himself as a youngster. He had problems with his father. He has problems. He had problems with uh, uh, substance to get past certain stuff. And for somebody that's looking up to them to hit it and they're dealing with the same thing, in my mind, that gives them so much confidence to say, hey, man, I can do it too, to hear that that uh, Aja thought she wasn't beautiful. That's, that's one of the things people called me when, when I did get feedback on the first episode. It was like, my dad even said, that baby, that baby didn't think she was beautiful. And I was like, yeah, she didn't think so. For people to hear that, young girls to hear that, and, and okay, I, it ain't weird that I feel like this about myself. But you also telling you what she did to get past, how long it took. Egg and I talk about Jay-Z's verse about cutting that time in half. So if you got a girl that's 16, you can share your thought process that you have at 35. She starts thinking that at 16, by the time she's 35, she light years ahead of where we at right now. That's the goal. And then she passing it down to her sisters, her, her daughters, people in her family. Right now we're starting to heal. That's how powerful this can be. Like you talked about the viral effect before. Well, that's how it can happen. Five, 15,000 people watch this and share it with 
another five to 15,000 people, whether they comment or not, they saw it, somebody picked up something from it. Well, we're affecting the world. That's the purpose. That's us moving on purpose. That's what God meant for it to be in the first place. That's why we're giving it to people because it ain't ours, right? We, we still to this day have only spent money doing this. We ain't got paid at all. You got a check. Uh, I ain't got none. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we ain't getting paid for this. It's moving on purpose. And a gift, right? If we move on that, then the universe, God, is going to make a way for us off of this gift. So we giving it out. I don't care nothing about money or nothing like that. It's coming. We just moving on purpose right now. Hopefully, somebody can take one or two things from this. Hopefully, you can take a lot of things from this. You're probably going to have to watch this at least four times. Cause we said a lot, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I, I, I'm happy that this is the second episode that we've done together. Hope we have many more. Again, I did it on purpose because I want y'all to see that, that your goals are these people that you look at and you hold here are just as human as, as you are. Like I said before, I'm the last alley, baby. I'm from the alley. We got projects. We got a trailer park up there, right? None of us had no kind of special beginning. Right, when none of our parents or grandparents nor great grandparents rich. Matter of fact, they probably came from one of the same plantations somewhere and then share cropped and came on down. We we products of it. So ain't nothing special going on <laughs> on the front end. We went to Rayville High School. We went to small colleges, Southern University, Semo State, right? But we've been able to meet people from all over the world. We've done things that a lot of people or statistics might say we shouldn't have done, right? Uh, I had both parents in the house, but they had a rocky relationship. I just didn't have both. Elgar, Elgar had both for a while, then didn't. All of, I'm saying all this stuff to say, <laughs> most of you all are just like us. We ain't done nothing special. We just telling you what we did do to kind of figure this out, right? To kind of help us navigate to get to where we are now, so. That's what I want to leave y'all with. I'm going to turn it back over to my sister down there. And then we'll see if Mr. Jones is still exercising his Fifth Amendment uh, <laughs> to remain silent. <laughs> I just want to, again, say how um, this definitely feels like home. Again, anytime y'all call me, God willing, I'm going to do it. Um, this platform is beautiful. And I just like being able to come on and relate. This is representation. This is what this podcast is. It's, it's representation. It's people seeing different aspects of themselves and other people and being able to glean and take what they need and move forward. And it's because this is what God has called us to do. This is what we're called to do. This is a part of our purpose in some capacity. So thank you so much for tuning in every single time y'all do. I can't wait to come back if I am invited and if you heard anything today on this conversation that resonated with you write it down look over dig deep in it and start your work start processing where you are and where you want to be and set those tangible steps up on how to get there please reach out to either of us I'm pretty sure that we can help you with a resource if we have it we will give it to you if we don't we will converse and consult consult until we do have it but please just reach out if anybody needs help watching this and anything you said, if it really just stuck to you and spoke to you today. Yeah. And you don't, you don't need an invite before we give to Edgar. You just 
Matter of fact, there's something on your mind. You tell us. Say, hey, uh, I think I need to come on this week so we can talk about this. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And also her information will be posted up on the intro and outro portion of the of the episode uh, for her professional services, or she can she can point you in the right direction. That's one of the most beautiful things that did happen. I shared it with Edgar, but uh, and I won't say his name on on air, but somebody that we we all know did, matter of fact, three people that we all know did reach out about receiving some uh, some counseling, right? And that was, a, to me, that was, that was fulfilling because that's all we want. People to say, hey, okay, I, I need some help dealing with whatever. And actually being from where we're from, being our color, and saying it's okay to get help. That's one of the biggest stigmas associated with, with mental health is that it means we're crazy or something. Uh, so for them to have their walls breaking down by us actually having the episode, that was big to me. Uh, Absolutely. So Edgar, hopefully you you threw exercising that amendment right and uh, hand it off. Yeah, man, no, man. I'm just gonna be like brother man on Martin, bro. <laughs> Going up to the fifth floor, man. Just, uh... <laughs> <laughs> going up to the fifth floor, man. Just going to the fifth floor. No, it's uh, man. Honestly, man, you and Ozzy did such a great and fantastic job. We're really uh, just leaving people with some things to think about. That um, I would say with this one, um, because there's so much great content that have been said, and so many great things that have been said. Um, don't try to speed through this if it's something that really stands out to you. Maybe maybe at 22 minutes, maybe you just need to stop the episode and just focus on that. You know, if there's one thing that stood out with you, just stop everything else and focus on whatever that was that was said by Oz or Courtney or me and then just go from there. So uh, uh, thank you all for checking this out. Hey, if this is if this was your first time coming to check us out as well, uh, we appreciate it. And we thank you for uh, being here with us. And always, if you've came back again, we thank you for it. So. Uh, it's the lit code. We out. <laughs> Peace.